Good morning. It is January 23rd. It is six minutes after 11, and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So investigators for the Department of Justice discovered six more items containing classified document markings during a 13-hour search on Friday of President Biden's Delaware home. So this search began at approximately 9.45 in the morning, and it concluded around 10.30 in the evening, and it covered all working, living, and storage spaces in the home. They found documents including personally handwritten notes, files, papers, binders, memorabilia, to-do lists, schedules, and also reminders that go back decades to when Biden was still a senator. And now the Justice Department, who is leading the search, not Biden's lawyers, they're looking at these handwritten documents and notes to see what they say and do they give any indication why the classified documents were there. So Chris Coons, he's the uh, senator from Delaware. Um, th- th- I, this is what, there are so many things that I that I thoroughly enjoy about this because not that I'm under the delusion that, oh, Joe Biden, he's going to go to jail. He's not going to pass, go, or collect his $200. No, that's not going to happen. But it puts the hypocrisy of these people on full display for everyone to see. And one of the things that has become very clear about this is that the authorities had this information. Mm-hmm. They had the they had the knowledge that Biden had these documents before the midterm elections, and they deliberately sat on them because they didn't want to harm the Democrats in the election. The same way that big tech, along with certain elements of the federal government squashed the Hunter Biden laptop story, which then came out as 100% true Mm -hmm. because they didn't want to harm Joe Biden during the election. It's the same thing. It's the same reason, the same premise of what they did in 2020 is what they did in 2022. Are we sensing a theme here? So Chris Coons, who is a United States senator, goes on, I think this was ABC he was on, and he goes on there and plays totally dumb about Biden and authorities not revealing this classified these classified documents until after the midterm and then says well you know public should decide if that was a mistake his lawyers discovered the first batch of classified documents before the midterm election it wasn't made public until january 9th and only after reporters broke that story was that a mistake Well, my understanding, and I I don't know the intimate details of exactly who contacted whom when, my understanding, Martha, is that they promptly contacted uh, the National uh, Archives uh, and Records Administration, which is the appropriate first step, and it took some time for the documents to get from uh, the Biden Center uh, to NARA to the Department of Justice, and that accounts for that delay. It wasn't disclosed to the public until reporters broke the story. Was that a mistake? Um, I think we'll let the public decide that. And I think once we get to the end of the special counsel's investigation, um, the American people will have a chance to make a judgment on that question. I am so sick of them saying that he promptly told authorities. No, he didn't. He had the documents for years. They're saying some of these go back to the time when he was a senator. That is not prompt. There is nothing prompt about that. And he went on to say that, well... We'll let Americans decide. Sure. Well, this, this is like you have no idea when they actually found these documents. Mm-hmm. No, nobody knows for sure 
when they found these documents. It could have been six months before. It could have been when he was still vice president mm-hmm. or after he was vice president. It could have been any time in between. It could have been a year. We, you have no idea when these things were actually originally located because everything about this is super sketchy and super shifty. And it's Joe Biden's like personal attorneys and basically employees yeah. who are driving the narrative on these documents. Well, and he said, we're going to see if America thinks it's a mistake. Well, according to a new ABC News poll, 64% of us say that he acted inappropriately inappropriately in the way he did handle the documents. And it really goes with party lines, too. 96% of Democrats say that Trump handled the documents bad. And then 89% of Republicans say that Biden handled the documents bad. But you're right about controlling the narrative. Now it seems to me that Biden, you know, he's he's cooperating. This is a consensual and planned search, right? It's almost like he's trying to control the game now. Let's get all of this out there. We want to get rid of these headlines, get rid of the nasty headlines before the State of the Union address. And the stonewalling, I think, is the thing that is rubbing people the wrong way, which is, look, if this happened, fine, we'll deal with it, whatever. But you keep not only getting a lack of information, but in the case of like Cringe on Pierre, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this is it. That's it. Yeah, there's no more to find. And then, of course, they just keep finding more stuff. So when you have a concerted effort by the government to manipulate, one, the information that people receive, and then also uh, stonewall their, uh, their, their ability to understand that info, that is where people start going, wait a second here. So Mike Turner is a U.S. representative from Ohio. He's a Republican. Mm-hmm. He is the incoming Intelligence Committee chair in the House of Representatives. And he told CBS, this is another great example of this. So this is the incoming Intelligence Committee chairman in the House of Representatives. He's telling CBS that the intelligence community is giving him absolutely nothing on these Biden classified documents. You have also, before this development, asked for a briefing from the director of national intelligence. You said a deadline of Thursday. Do you have any further reason to believe they will meet that deadline, that you will get any insight into these materials? Um, we'll have to see. But I, what's critical they here, and this responded. is very important. This is what's very important to all of this, Margaret. And that is the FBI and the National Archivist were working completely independent of the intelligence community or the Department of Defense. They claim this was yeah. all an issue of national security, but they did not speak to anyone who's involved in national security. So no response yet from the intelligence community? I have not received a okay. response. No. Okay. So they're trying to keep them separate so that they don't talk. That's what it seems like. We don't want them comparing notes. And have you noticed that they're rolling out another White House spokesperson? This Ian Sams? Yes. So it's and like Corinne Jean Pierre has been benched. It's this is a great exa- a great point, Casey, that you're seeing multiple people multiple people explain the narrative mm-hmm. or multiple people deliver the narrative and that never ends up well. that was one of the major problems with Donald Trump after 2020 was they had a bunch of people delivering the narrative and none of them were very good whether it was Jenna Ellis or Rudy Giuliani having hair dye you know mm-hmm. screaming down his face right. or whatever when in, in 2000 I thought one of the reasons Bush did as well as he did in the recount 
was because everything went through one guy, James Baker. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is the guy you're going to talk to. He'll deliver the narrative. He delivers exactly what should be said, and he never wavered or anything. Again, not that that mattered ultimately in the Supreme Court's ultimate ruling, but the point is Biden is doing this now, too, where much like with Trump, you have multiple people delivering the narrative, and it's never consistent because it's never going to be consistent when you have multiple people saying it, even if they all have the same talking points. And so this Ian Sams is a Biden spokesperson. Listen to this. I think he was on MSNBC trying to explain away why Biden said he has no regrets Mm -hmm. over taking these classified documents. Let me ask you about the president's own words. He has said no regrets on this matter. What does he mean when he says no regrets? Sure. Well, I think it's really important to to take the soundbite and understand the context. He was asked a question by a reporter about the disclosure publicly of this information. You know, I think that he was asked specifically, do you regret not disclosing this information to the public earlier? And I think that the answer, and of course, he said he had no regrets. And the answer is because he's been promptly, his team, his legal team, has been promptly disclosing information to the proper authorities as a part of an ongoing investigation. There it is again. He's prompt. Yes. If we keep telling you that, maybe you'll believe it. Keep in mind that a document doesn't mean a single page. It could be a 50-page report filed under one document. So nobody knows exactly how many pages they're sifting through and what they relate to. Casey. Rob. When we come back. Yes. I have found a career that I did not know even existed as a full-time career and you can make an exorbitant amount of money doing Mm -hmm. it and not that I would ever leave you because I know that would just cripple your will to live yeah but this is really tempting me (laughs) second option because I cannot believe you can make this much money doing this (laughs) okay we'll find out what it is coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider Kesimpta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. 18 minutes after 11, it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob, do you remember last week when we talked about your last meal? What it would be. Yes. Okay, well, Tom Hanks has said what his last meal would be. He said he would eat his way through challah bread, then have French toast, then an In-N-Out double burger, a Greek salad with calamari, and then he would top it off with cake. Whoa. So going, he out would, with a, going out with a bang. Yeah. So he would also choose the Greek salad. Mm. That, that was my first item. <laughs> Kevin relating to that. Uh, another story that's trending this morning. I don't know if you've heard about this, but a McDonald's in Elkhart, northern Indiana, yeah. mistakenly gave a customer $5,000 with their food. Oh, how do you... Uh, here, Here's your McNuggets and... bills? Like, how do you mistakenly give someone $5,000? Well, the... Like, I mistakenly gave you a large fry instead of a small fry. Mm -hmm. Got it. Happens all the time. Right. I mistakenly gave you the six-piece chicken nugget instead of the four-piece. I mistakenly gave you a large soda instead of a small soda. How, How does five grand mistakenly end up in someone's bag? Well, it doesn't say, but I'm guessing it has something to do with maybe the deposit. 
you know, uh, they get all the cash and they have to go deposit it into the bank at the end of the day. Here, and here, here's and your maybe fr- instead of it being in a bank bag, it was in a McDonald's brown bag. Yeah. So here's your fries it. and a giant bag of cash. Yeah. That that's the only thing that I could come up with of why that happened. No kidding. But the guy who got the five thousand dollars, he decided to return oh, good the full him. bag of money, and they gave him two dollars for being uh, <laughs> honest $2. person and free food for a month. Oh well, that's not bad. Yeah, that's way more than two dollars. Yeah, to no two hundred dollars. Oh, two hundred dollars. They gave him two hundred dollars and free food for oh, a month. How for being honest. So worth it and finally trending it's national polka dot day oh okay what what the hell does that mean i should celebrate polka dots today rob that's not a real thing okay (laughs) it's 20 minutes after 11 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc and according to the american society for the prevention of cruelty to animals more than 23 million american households that's one in five got a dog or a cat during the pandemic Um, how many one in five. Wow. 23 million Americans adopted a new family member. Oh. And with a lot of people now back in the office, guess what? Somebody's got to walk all the pandemic puppies. Yeah, that's true. So with the rise in pet ownership combined with the uh, boom in pet care, here's a new gig for you. Oh. Walk the dog. Yes. So there was an article that I read. I think this originally appeared in the New York Times in which dog walkers can now now i'm sure it depends on where you live what sort mm-hmm. of neighborhoods etc but the dog walkers can make over a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars a year yeah how is that even a thing well with the one in five having dogs i don't know are they charging a lot or are they walking more dogs so puppy training can go for 60 bucks 60 bucks an hour pet sitting 65 dollars a day there's 15-minute puppy check-ins where people are charging $12 just for someone to go check in on your puppy. Oh, just to like look at your dog mm-hmm. and say, hey, the dog is here. It, sure needed a, it needed a sprinkle of food and mm-hmm. some water. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I did a little research about Indianapolis. So there are one, two, three, four, at least five companies that do this. Uh-huh. Walk and Wag, <laughs> Royal Paws Pet Sitting. Uh-huh comfort zone sitters Uh and of course you can find lists of dog walkers at rover.com and also care.com this is how people earn their living walking dogs Mm -hmm. this is really interesting to me because i walk for free yeah and so why would i not just be making money doing something i'm doing anyway well you have to take a lot of things into consideration you have to take treats Uh uh-huh you have to consider the weather yeah what kind of harnesses or leashes you're going to put on the dog sure dog's temperament do all of the dogs get along yeah you have to stick to a routine you're supposed to do it at the same time every day ah that's that's got to be the thing right in order to make big money at this you got to be able to walk many dogs at one time mm-hmm. if you're if we're talking like you're trying to make six figures right you cannot be walking like and then i one took, dog's not gonna cut yeah, it. And then i took fido for a walk and then i went and took freddie for a walk mm-hmm. and the, so you'd have to have an ability to have multiple dogs on the same walk at the same time yeah and how far are you going to go with those dogs yeah. and if you have a big dog versus a little dog the little dog might get tuckered out sure so there's some logistics you have to plan this out that's a good point he's like bruce my english bulldog mm-hmm. 
would not be able to go as far as like there's a dog that lives diagonal from us named Scooby who looks like a giraffe <laughs> and Scooby would be able to go much further than Bruce would. Right. So what are you going to do there? Yeah. So there really is and some strategy Sco- that goes into this. Right. And what if Scooby and Bruce don't get along? Yeah, that's true. And wouldn't you feel awful if something happened to Scooby while you were responsible? You probably have to get insurance, right? So is there's there a, dog insurance? There's some upfront costs. Is that a thing? Well, maybe not for the dog, but for your LLC. If oh, you're like, a liabi- form, like a liability? Yeah. yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. So according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average annual household spending on pets rose over the past year from $460 to $770. But then there's this other poll that said, in reality, households are spending over $3,000 on their pet, and many people are starting to add a pet line item to their budget yeah there's no what was the number what was the original number three something 400 460 it went up to 770 dollars yeah i was gonna say there's there's no there's no way because you know what dog food costs i blew that away a long time ago yeah there's no way just by the way the dog food racket Mm -hmm. is a total racket (laughs) allow myself to introduce myself uh that's a total scam i did the math on that Mm -hmm. so i uh the last time I went to the store, they only had the small bag of dog food. Yeah. And so I said, all right, I can keep track of how many days my dog is going to eat off this bag of dog food. And it was like $15 before tax. I think everything in the state gets taxed. I think dog food gets taxed too. So, uh, you know, Holcomb can build a trail somewhere or something. And uh, he made it 14 days eating twice a day. So it cost me over a dollar a day to feed this dog for something that just it's like kernels. Why is it so expensive? <laughs> Why is that food so expensive? Twice a day. Do you have a measuring cup? You give him the same amount every time? Yeah, I try, I try to. And what about the treats? Does he get a you know good boy treat after walks and after uh, going out? Yeah, but here's the thing. So my English Bulldog, Bruce, uh, it doesn't take much to entertain him. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Bulldogs have little bitty baby brains, but they're not <laughs> gigantic brains. And so we discovered this thing that they make these toys where you can put the um, you can put either treats or like peanut butter inside in the, the thing, yeah. and he will go with that for like an hour. Mm-hmm. So, from a cost evaluation perspective, it has been a better use of my resources to invest in the peanut butter, mm-hmm. the the squeeze peanut butter, even though it's more expensive than the treats, because you get a lot more bang for your buck with that. Does Bruce do well with other dogs? Oh, Bruce tries to do well with other dogs. They don't do well with him. Oh, okay. Because I think he's very, his facial features are very intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> and he is very kindly aggressive, but I don't think many dogs like that. Like yeah. he, he wants to be everyone's best friend. Yeah. And just some people don't need best friends. They don't even need a friend. Much less a best friend. Gracie Dog tries to be so territorial. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a schnauzer, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's... She's a miniature schnauzer. And Kevin and I talked about getting the dogs together, but we don't think that would go very well. No, Because he's got a a Jack Russell Terrier, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. And and also a little dog. Yeah. And I... I just don't, I don't think it would work out. I think it would be a, a full out brawl. I am Bruce's friend. Mm-hmm. And if you have me as a friend, what else could be better than that? Hey, right now at WIBC.com on the side piece, there's an article about there will be a dog from Indianapolis represented in the puppy bowl. In the what? The puppy bowl. What in the world is that? It's on the animal planet and it airs 
opposite. What of, dogs play football against each Bowl. other? Or what? Yes. Yes, and at halftime they have the the kitten show. Well, if I had to watch that, or who's the underachiever who's doing the halftime show this year? Isn't it Rihanna? She the one that does that yellow diamond song? Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that song. <laughs> yeah, should we play that next? No, it's the King's Day, and you got two breaks left to play Lola. Okay, let's talk about Alec Baldwin really quick. He's not going to be charged with the shooting of the Russ director, despite the fact that he was hit with the same bullet. So Alec Baldwin is being charged with the one Yeah, try to crime. explain this. Go ahead. I know. He's being charged with the one crime, but not another. It's the same stray bullet, right? And the DA said is because there's <laughs> no law for unintentional battery. Nothing like that exists. But I guess there is a law for unintentional homicide. Mm-hmm. So isn't that kind of wild? Well, if you die, I guess we'll do something about it. But if you just are shot... Mm-hmm. Uh, you're on your own. So, is that, I mean, am I interpreting that correctly? That that's basically what they're saying? Yeah. They're saying, we acknowledge this guy did not intend to shoot this woman, but because she's dead, well, it's dead, so we got to do something. She's dead, so we got to do something about it. Right. But the guy who just got shot, well, you're on your own. Because that was a stray random bullet. It, sa- ricochet? Yeah, but I mean, that's the point. It's like, it, it's the same thing, but I guess there's, unless you die, then they will not do anything about it. Did you see Joe uh, Joy Behar? suggesting that he was charged with manslaughter because he's liberal. I did see that. And then she was forced to make a clarification. She had to go back and... Because someone's dead. Yeah. He was charged because someone's dead and he fired the gun. And And he went on uh, ABC and tried to claim he didn't fire the gun. Right. Which (laughs) Which is physically impossible. Yeah, and and, and not helping his case at all. We've got to get to the news. Kurt Darling's up next with 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and there's a new poll out. And in it, Donald Trump leads a list of four other major Republican figures for the 24 presidential nomination. He's also beating Ron DeSantis by 10 points in a head-to-head contest, according to this new Harvard Caps Harris poll. So let's take a look at some of the other people that are listed in this poll. You got Donald Trump, who received 48%. This is with everyone in the poll, right? Yeah. Ron DeSantis at 28%. Mike Pence, your good buddy, he got 7%. Uh-huh. Nikki Haley's even mentioned in this poll, 3%. She's uh, alluding to the fact that she might actually throw her hat in the ring. Also, Marco Rubio got 3%. And when it comes head-to-head between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, Trump is at 54 and DeSantis is at 45. Okay, before... Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's the one that counts, right? They take these other goobers out of the equation. It's two-person race. It's Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump. You don't think Nikki Haley? No, those people have as much chance of being president as as you or or I do. (laughs) But before we get to the Trump v. DeSantis head-to-head matchup, Mm -hmm. if you are a person... If you were polled, or even if you're pursuing, I would just respond this way. If you said you would vote for Mike Pence for president, please explain yourself. I will play that tomorrow on the air. 317-684-8444. 317-684-8444. And you tell me what is going on in your life that you think Mike Pence is the best that America can do. <laughs> I, I'm excited to play one of those phone calls uh, tomorrow because I... I want to do a welfare check on you of some shape, form, or fashion. Okay, so Trump, DeSantis. So here is my question. 
why are the polls like so well i know the answer to this i guess it's i guess i kind of just answered my own question but the poll let me re, let me rephrase the question as a statement okay the polls uh-huh. are all over the map right now yes because we just did one yeah. late last week that showed desantis now way ahead, ahead of, of donald trump. trump yeah which shows nobody really it just depends on who you catch mm-hmm. on what day right now so we're basically doing these for our own entertainment purposes but one thing you are seeing is remember three or four months ago it was trump way ahead of ron desantis Mm -hmm. now at least it is rapidly closing to where desantis is within 10 points in a head-to-head matchup and it's a it's a closer do you think it has anything to do with who is doing the poll because this is a harvard caps harris poll yes Uh, the people vetted do you think that has anything to do with it well i think it always depends on who you call, who you ask, is it likely voters, is it is it all voters, uh, registered voters as they call it? Mm-hmm. How do you ask the question? Right. You know, those things all factor into the equation. And I would say this is probably still not far off from where the truth lies. I think if the election were held today, if there were, now again, it's ridiculous because there's not a national primary, but if there were a national primary today, that's probably about where it would come in. But you've got to think, over the next year, Ron DeSantis will get into this race. He will start spending gobs and gobs of money on this race. He will People will be familiarizing themselves with Ron DeSantis. The fact that Trump, even if he is ahead, is not overwhelmingly ahead, that's not a good sign for Trump because Trump has no room to grow. He can only go down. He can only go down. Yeah, and that's the thing. Trump is at 55% in this poll and DeSantis is at 45. Well, that's counting pretty much everybody who's going to get on board the Trump train. Right. And at this point with investigations and all the legal issues, that number can potentially go down. But with DeSantis, he's currently governing, he's currently making laws, his numbers could go up. But there's also time for him to make a mistake. DeSantis is not. Casey, you, you owe everyone an apology because Ron DeSantis is not making a mistake. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> well, I mean, some people could think he's making a mistake. Uh, not in this room. It will be. It will be interesting, though, to see where. The Republican Party goes, especially I think the next six months is going to be very interesting because we will see where the Republican Party wants to go or you'll get an idea of the blueprint of where the Republican Party wants to go in 2024. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And Rob, you put this story on the template and I got to tell you at home, I don't have the paywall. So I had to read about it this morning because uh, here at work, they will pay for the Indie Star paywall. $35 million in mansions, the five most expensive Indianapolis area homes sold last year. It's ama- the, the amount of money people are still willing to spend mm-hmm. on real estate and the fact that these even exist in Indiana, because you always think of, well, the, you know, one of the nicest things about Indiana is the affordable uh, cost of living and how everything is super affordable. And they make it sound like no home is ever priced over $300,000. Mm-hmm. Boo crap. Yeah. The number one house on this list is the Linden House, sold for $14.5 million dollars sits on more than 150 acres it has over 41,000 square feet seven bedrooms it wasn't on the market that long 
This was the house that was owned by Crystal DeHaan, who is a philanthropist and mm-hmm. in, in real estate, et cetera. Um, yes, yeah, so it sold for $14.5 million. And I would say, look, I'm no real estate expert, but I would say- It's a lovely looking estate. I live in a, uh, in a reasonably sized ranch house on a, on a town street. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not by any means uh, you know, a real estate king. But I would say if- I were to pick a house and say which one of these is the fourteen and a half million dollar house? This house, what with the water mm-hmm. and the sprawling house mm-hmm. and the trees and uh-huh. the acreage, this looks like a fourteen and a half million dollar house. Yeah, the gourmet kitchen. It also has a catering kitchen and a butler's pantry. Yeah. These people like to eat. Whoever lived there, they had tennis courts, a billiard room, a five plus car garage. The second house on this list is located in Carmel, uh-huh. and this is a nine million dollar home yeah. built in 1930 7100 square feet and it looks nice too it looks big boy does that place look big uh <laughs> 71 square foot but here is what stood out to me about this and yeah. somebody needs to tell me why this is a thing okay five bedrooms <laughs> and 10 bathrooms. ten bathrooms what possible reason in a five bedroom room home would you need 10 bathrooms everybody needs two right uh, I guess that would be good for parties. Somebody's got to really help me with this. By the way, it's neighbor. The neighboring home also sold for two point nine million. So no slouches living in that neighborhood. Right. right. Number three on the list went for four point one million dollars. They called it a holiday seller. Oh, <laughs> it did. It sold in mid December. Okay. Well, <laughs> there you go. It's a ten thousand square foot house. Sits on. To over two acres, and it's uh, luxurious with marble floors and winding staircases. And this one is on the National Register of Historic Places. Oh, okay. So, so if you buy this, you've got some responsibility. Well, okay. So this is going to be my next question to you because mm-hmm. when you compare that home, which is on the National Register of Historic Places, mm-hmm. um, and has been there since 2000. It was built in, uh, I think they said 19... Uh, found, 27. Uh, yeah, 1927. Yeah. Okay. So then you compare it to number five or number four, mm-hmm. which is Looks a brand new, new build. It's an idiot because it is. It's yeah. a new build. $3.78 million. Look, if I am buying, if I got that kind of money, I'm buying something old and fancy. Really? You want to go old? All these new homes look the same to me. Okay. Don't you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying about having character, but if I'm going to spend that much money, I want the latest state of the art. Well, everything you could put state you of could the art resto stuff mod it in in inside. <laughs> I mean, don't all these new homes mm-hmm. look largely the same to you? Yeah. But it, they're nice. Even the big, nice ones. Oh, yeah, they're big and they're nice. But it looks like Johnny Homeseed came by and just put mm. a little seed in the ground in the home. And, and a McMansion grew. Yeah. So this last one on this list here is on a Zionsville golf course, and it has a lot of windows. How much did that one sell for? Oh, $3.53 million. Um, Real quick. That would be good for you. It's on a golf course. Oh, yeah. And it's only three point however many million dollars. It's yeah. right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> um, Casey, you have been to my home. Mm-hmm. And having been to my home, you know that three point whatever million is the next step for me right. from where I'm at You're now. You're going to make that jump, huh? Um, okay. Hey, real quick, before we go to a break, I did. Yeah. I, speaking of homes and what they cost and everything else, I did want to read... Um, I did. I did want to read an email I got about property taxes oh, because okay. this person yeah. sent this to me. I'm not going to read all of it, but 
I am going to read you because this is exactly what I'm talking about with property taxes in the sense of people who have never monetized an asset have paid exorbitant amounts of money and the amount of money they're asked to pay every single year goes up and up and up and up and up. Okay. Um, my, okay, good morning, Rob. My husband and I enjoy your show. You and Casey provide a lot of valuable information as well as laughs. My husband purchased our home in July of 1978 for $39,500. The valuation we found online is $198,200. So this person who has never monetized this asset mm -hmm. in 45 years is now paying the, the, the state is taxing them at an applicable rate of five times what they bought the home for that they've never monetized. So they're trying to say, so the rate at which they can tax you is five times what they originally had the home at, and they've never made a penny off this asset. Why is that okay? Hmm. So these people are 77 and 71 years old, mm -hmm. and they are very afraid of what's going to happen. This home they basically lived in much of their adult lives, yeah. they could potentially be taken from them because the Indiana Republican Party allows a goofy, stupid, out-of-control assessment process to repeatedly raise taxes on poor and middle-class and elderly people. Uh, why is this okay? Why is that okay, Casey, that they have never made a dime off this house and they are now taxed at a rate five times what they bought it for? Did they mention if they got their new bill, their new property tax? Uh, they did not, and I'm going to reply to this person and see if they will give me some more information. Mm -hmm. um, but, the, I mean, that's it's uh, it's completely and utterly ridiculous, and we're two weeks into the legislative session, and all you get from the Indiana Republicans when you Crickets. ask them to do something is... Yeah. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. You really got me going. You got me so there you go. 1149 with Ken Olin Casey on 93 WIBC and the Justice Department prosecutors are reportedly considering requesting a search of President Biden's home in uh, Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. And uh, this is, of course, after they found lots of classified documents in his Wilmington, Delaware place. The DOJ hasn't pursued a search warrant yet. They've been working with Biden's lawyers. But I would like to remind you at this time that the White House press secretary said that you can assume the search is complete. <laughs> However, it's not. <laughs> you, well, that was like a week ago, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they just keep finding more things. But one of the other spokespeople because they've benched Karine Jean-Pierre. He won't tell MSNBC if there will be additional searches, but he does want you to know that Biden is the good guy in this equation. Ian, does the White House expect additional searches at the president's other properties? Well, I think it's important uh, in this instance to take a step back and understand exactly what's happened here. From day one, the president has committed to full cooperation with the Justice Department as it looks at this matter. Uh, he has proactively offered access to his home to the Department of Justice to conduct a thorough search. That occurred yesterday, as you saw in a statement from the president's personal attorney, lasted about 13 hours, uh, went through his entire house and uh, found some additional material. And the reason that that's happening 
is because he's not resisting an investigation. Okay, so James Comer was on one of the Sunday shows, and he had a lot of things to say about this. He suggested there may have been a cover-up. He said that this fits a pattern of influence operation, and he kind of just stopped short of characterizing it as treason. And he said the White House isn't being truthful with the American people. And we need to know who had access to those documents because our national security is at risk. Yeah, you know, and there's a new approval rating out for Biden. Uh, I was going to get into it tomorrow, but from American Research Group that mm-hmm. shows Biden at 41 mm. percent with a 54 percent disapproval. So it's not like and this is this is what happens in our society. Right. Like so something comes out and then everybody just takes teams. Right. Everybody just it's like it's just. They go to their side, they go to their team. And the team concept now is based almost on how beneficial it is for us to save you. Well, the problem for Biden is Mm -hmm. that he's already done the thing or helped do the thing or you know the thing that they needed him to do, which is get him across the finish line at the midterms. Right. And with, again, more cover-ups, et cetera, which is now being revealed that took place with these documents, et cetera, they were able to do that. Biden is of no use to them. The Democrats have no vested interest in going into the midterms, or I'm sorry, into the next presidential election now that they're through the midterms with Joe Biden as the face of the party. They can essentially reset. If they do it in the next, especially if they do it in the next six months, they can reset the entire party. And you know, once they throw his old ass out of office, mm-hmm. it'll be out of sight, out of mind. And it'll be on to the next person. So whether that's Gavin Newsom, Michelle Obama, whoever, I don't think they want Kamala. So the Democrats have no vested interest in helping him in helping him. So unlike Bill Clinton circa 1996, where investigations were certainly gearing up, it was obvious he was at best a really sketchy individual mm-hmm. there was there was an a vested interest in saving bill clinton defending bill clinton whatever so everybody on the team was blocking and moving the football in the same direction that is not happening here and that's why it's a big problem for biden right it's very fractured and like you say tribalized even within the own party yeah and the quinnipiac university poll said that 60 percent of americans think that he handled things inappropriately and two-thirds are following the media coverage really close and you know just when you think okay they're done out this yeah. weekend again. Oh my gosh, more documents were it, found. It, it's the drip, it's drip, drip, drip. And so if you're a Democrat and you're saying, well, there's a better chance than not the Republicans are going to finally get their act together and move on from Trump. Mm-hmm. Well, now you don't have the one thing that can really save you, which is Donald Trump being the Republican nominee for president. So you've really got to go out there and either get better at cheating or up your cheating game. I mean, I'm sorry, up your jelly bean counting game uh, <laughs> to new to new heights. Um, because they did. Somebody said this this weekend, and it's it's true. They would have a real problem convincing people that 81 million people voted for Biden again, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can might have gotten away with it once. Yeah. You're gonna have a real problem pulling that off again. It's much easier, especially again if you do it in the next six months to reset. Hey, Gavin Newsom's now the face of the party. And Joe Biden will be out of sight, out of mind. Right. Now, here's the question for you, Casey. How are they going to get him out? Because I don't see Joe Biden just willy-nilly going, yeah, you're right. I've been a totally corrupt, shady, underhanded person all these years, and I'm out. Well, you know, and if they start any sort of congressional hearings, 
by the time those get going, sure. it will almost be the end of his term anyway. And you can't indict a sitting president. So my question to you is, how are they going to get, well, what, by what will be the mechanism by which they get mm-hmm. him to, uh, see, I think probably the more likely thing is he would announce, not that he's stepping down, mm-hmm. but that he's not going to run again. Right. I think that's probably the form, far more likely scenario. So that way he's not stained like Nixon, you know, w- was stained or Andrew Johnson, who was impeached, was stained, even though the Johnson impeachment was totally ridiculous or Trump was stained with impeachment. That way he can walk out on his own terms. But as soon as he announces he's not running again, then it, they'll still be able to reset the narrative. Right. Because they'll be able to start going with new candidates. Right. Uh, do you, and So he'll just accept being a lame duck. Sure. And just wrap it up. Yeah. And he, they just right? say, and he, he'll, he will spin it as, I told you people I was going to get in there and solve COVID and racism and uh, whatever else that mm-hmm. he, he didn't cure cancer, but, you know, you can't check all the boxes. And he'll just say, look, I did what I could and I'm old and I'm moving on and I've been the elder statesman and thank you. Have a nice life. <laughs> or he could say, my son really needs my well, help right now. So I'm going to step down. Because <laughs> and make sure he's okay. Well, and here's the interesting thing. Once Biden announces he's not running, mm-hmm. if we play this out, once Biden announces he's not running, well, then the narrative becomes, well, you're just going after Hunter Biden for no reason now. Mm-hmm. His dad isn't the president anymore. I mean, they'll the me, me, media will cooperate once he cooperates. And he wants to direct the narrative at this point. All right. Thank you, Rob. Good job, Kevin. And thank you for listening today. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.